1: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. War Eagle Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network. I'm AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King. We're going to be talking about some Auburn football. It's August. It's oh, yeah. football. We are twenty seven days away. Twenty seven. Do You Man. know what that also reminds me of? Chandler Cox number.
0: Uh I'm that's odd that he would think of that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That I, was the first thing that came. I don't even mind. remember his number. I always thought he was negative three because of uh the production of the Cox Cat. <laughs>
1: But, negative three well <laughs> you know oh, negative man. three
0: yards that he always got however yeah. he'll do fantastic <laughs> at uh miami so uh best of luck down there yeah. though man it is it's august and i feel like the weather's starting to turn and like fall is in the air oh can you believe we're less than four weeks away
1: i i can't believe it uh, uh, it's so close and then just to think this is the month football starts back and after after football really gets started, we, we really get it going until February if you count NFL. Uh so that's exciting. That's right. And uh, so for the next like five and a half months really, like you're you're gonna get some some football in some sense for the next five and a half months. So yeah,
0: we need to get fantasy up again. We need to do the uh the fantasy draft for the podcast group.
1: Yeah, that would be fun.
0: Is there a max you can get on fantasy teams?
1: uh i think you can set it as whatever you want
0: we so. need to open it up to all of our fan base and play all together
1: well there may be actually a match i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well, well be I've uh, played as be much following as like us on 16 social team.
0: media so you can see when that gets opened up yeah. and you can be in if it.
1: that's possible <laughs> yeah um yeah so we just started just started we're three practices in two fall practice and uh fall camp is here for football uh, they have 14 practices slated and uh, a total of 17 days, um, which is right before the fall semester starts. Uh, so these guys can really focus in on football before their studies uh, start to take some of that priority. Uh, they've had, at this point, three practices in shells, which mm-hmm. is just helmets and shoulder pads. And, and shorts. One more. Uh, and shorts. Yeah, don't forget about those. Like, that would be awkward <laughs> if they didn't have shorts on. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, they'll have their very first practice in full pads, which is always super fun, um, on Tuesday. Um, and then they get off Wednesday and guess what? The very first scrimmage is on Thursday. Nice. And, uh, that's when everybody, everybody, even on the team, I feel like that's when, you know, the things start to settle a little bit. And, uh, I'm really hoping after that point, uh, we'll be able to really get a hold of uh, the, probably the biggest question mark. Most people have quarterback battle for sure. Uh, And and not that Gus is going to announce anything because Gus always doesn't say those kind of things. So uh, it'll take a while for us to officially get the announcement. Um, But rest assured, like there's going to be a good idea of of who's going to be after maybe not the first scrimmage, but probably after the second scrimmage, the players, like if, if I'm a player, you can kind of get a sense for who that's gonna be. Um so be be watching out just for like little hints of when other players are asked about it. I, I feel like that may be some telltales of yeah, and, who the actual quarterback's gonna be.
0: I I mean, watch Gus's facial expressions in press conferences too. Yeah. You know, he's usually so expressionless that anytime he gives you anything, that's kind of a tell. Yeah. And I've <laughs> i've caught some stuff so
1: uh okay do you want to jump right into it
0: do you, do you want me to give my prediction
1: yeah because touched on it, a so... little
0: bit a little bit last week but if you look at kind of gus and the way he talked about the uh the quarterback battle i guess from this past week in his press conference uh it was nice of him to at least mention cord sandberg uh, <laughs> as being someone who is patting the bench yeah uh the two, of course, that we think it's between is Joey Gatewood and Bo Nix. And if you look at the way Gus talks about Bo Nix, especially between the two, because he said there's not really a big difference. And in all honesty, when I was watching some of the practice tape, I couldn't tell the difference between the two of them. I was yeah. like, oh, that's, that's uh, Joey. Oh, wait, no, that's actually Bo right there. And I think one is number one and the other one's number 10. So if they're covering up one of the, the numbers on their <laughs> chests. I didn't think about that. It's pretty close looking and yeah. the two of them, as far as size goes and like, I can't tell the stature is the biggest difference anymore. Cause I always thought, you know, yeah. Joey's huge, but in all honesty, like Bo Nix is not small. He's six, three, he's about the same size, a couple inches shorter. Yeah. But if you one, look at the tape and watch his release, it's incredible. Just an incredible release. Yeah. And then, if you look at the way Gus kind of smirks a little bit when he talks about him, <laughs> I think Gus has given us a tell. What well, about you? Is man?
1: that is that when a reporter asks, "Hey, what do you think of Bo Nix? How is he developing?" Is that what you're talking about when he gives a little smirk or like bites his lip or something like a telltale that he he he's almost hiding something? Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, exactly. Correct. You you caught it too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I notice because, like you said, Gus is typically – you're not going to get a whole bunch out of him. Um, and it's, like, almost like a he wants to keep it in. He can't say it because he doesn't want to officially say who the quarterback is. But it kind of seems like he's leaning that way. Even though I, I still – like, I almost fall back on – and this is something Gus, maybe to a fault, does is he – relies on the experience of players um the more veteran players and to some extent just with joey being a little veteran he's been around for a a year well he's got a year uh, that that's the only thing kind of holding me back and i think joey has done so much better like i heard he went to a a quarterbacks coach 20 different times over the summer to get better at being a quarterback and i I think that's a, a big positive for him, uh, that he can really come out and uh, maybe be our starter in Oregon. Um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of my leaning as Joey, but I could also see both at the same time.
0: Um, I like that, but I will counter you with a statement from Gus where he said, look, guys, they're both freshmen competing with no experience. And true. I was like, wow, like for someone that's been under your, like, uh, development, I guess we can call it that at Auburn now uh, for the <laughs> past year to That's say enough. that to say that, you know, they're both on the same level. I that even goes more towards what I think is a tell. But, okay. you know, we we're just talking out the sides of our mouth right now. We have no idea. We don't yeah. actually get to to be in the locker rooms or anything like that. But now nah, it's it's cool to discuss kind of what we're seeing.
1: Yeah. The man and, and either and,
0: way, I'm I'm feeling good.
1: Yeah, I think we're in good hands either way. And I think the offense is going to be very similar with either of them. They're both agile quarterbacks. So if they need to get out of a situation, they definitely can. Um, I may have mentioned this on the last podcast, but the whole senior season for Bonex, uh, he didn't during the regular season, he didn't have any sacks. Um, that's probably a credit to his ability to get out of uh, situations or even just throw the ball away. Um, but that's a positive because that was a big, uh, question mark that auburn player or auburn fans had last season uh was when stear's gonna actually throw this ball away <laughs> um i feel like you'd <laughs> hold on to it a little too long
0: oh yeah, absolutely
1: um so that's also encouraging for Bo. so let's talk about some other stuff that's happening uh what like what i guess with fall camp like what are you looking forward to Uh, the most about fall camp Um, besides quarterback battle, which we already covered. Is there anything else that you're really looking forward to um, about this fall camp and learning about uh, potentially some of the players?
0: Yeah. Well, I have yet to hear a sighting of a unicorn on campus. So uh, I'm waiting for Cam Martin to grow that horn, man.
1: (laughs) Yep. Yep. And that was uh, in reference to Cam Martin and uh, he's wanting, I mean, like put it in your words, like you just want Cam Martin to develop. I do. And, I want and, like, him to actually be uh, better than he has in the past. Is that?
0: I I want him to prove me wrong.
1: Okay.
0: And uh I just I don't think he has the leadership quality to be the starting running back. I think Booty yeah. is the number 1 with someone else behind him and Cam Martin can be number 3 maybe. Okay. And you know, Cam has been on this team now for 4 years and I yeah. want him to grow his horn, show me he's a leader prove me wrong
1: yeah yeah and uh honestly, i honestly haven't heard too much about him exactly um so
0: besides the fact yeah. that he got on like a, a watch, a watch list. list
1: which doesn't really mean but anything i this haven't season.
0: i haven't seen a thing about him
1: <laughs> what am i watching yeah right um yeah i think the the thing i'm gonna be looking forward uh to just to go along already with the running backs is how is booby whitlow gonna fit into the running backs group is he going to be the leader? I think he probably will be, but I want to see it. Like, I want to see him take charge. If he's the main running back, him be the leader of the group. When times are down, he's going to be the one that everybody rallies around in the running back's room and says, we got this. We've got this, guys. Um, Maybe another thing that I was thinking about. Okay, so we've now got Kenny Dillingham at Auburn as offensive coordinator. Um, but yet Gus is still playing call play, calling plays, it's still his offense. So how is Kenny Dillingham, like what what is his role gonna be in in practice and and also in games? Um, is he gonna be up in the booth? Is he gonna be down on the field? Like I could see it both ways. I, I could see him being up there, just almost as extra pair of eyes for Gus. But then I I could also see because he's a twenty eight year old. He's he's got some high energy uh, in him, being down there just to encourage guys. Uh, Isn't that
0: wild? Twenty eight years old, making four hundred thousand dollars a year as a coach at Auburn. And
1: it makes me. Life.
0: You know, I feel like I've done well in my career, but I haven't done dilly dilly well.
1: <laughs> yeah. Raising <laughs> glass, dilly dilly, man. Man. Um he he's uh, he man, going from Memphis all the way up to Auburn being an offensive coordinator. I know it's just more or less, you know, a title.
0: I don't even i don't even consider him a an OC. He's definitely <laughs> a quarterback's coach. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it's weird. I was you know, I was watching some of the practice tape that we actually had the ability to see, and he was kind of standing back and Gus was taking the reins, which Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what Gus wants to do anyway, but I'd love to see more of Kenny Dillingham being engaged with his players i know he's a an active guy but i just haven't seen it
1: yeah oh he is um uh, i've seen it, him just go around and high five guys for like he's he's almost like the trooper taylor uh, i could see like correlations Man, to him
0: i could go for one of those again i'll get my yeah. towel out of the out of the closet i
1: don't i don't taylor i don't, don't <laughs> towel but okay you don't want to maybe he brings it around something else we could bring the towel back <laughs> I've, funny. I've got it in a box <laughs> <laughs> nice um okay let's let's talk about a, a couple positions that i i still have a little question about uh so i think the biggest one is still offensive line um what what do you do you think they're gonna gel
0: man i think they already have gelled i think they are jello right now <laughs> just uh they're the wiggle but they won't separate
1: <laughs> uh, they're the big guys they jiggle but don't break is that yeah is you, that good?
0: you run into them you get stuck <laughs>
1: <laughs> i like that I like, that. like my analogies <laughs> yeah yeah you're maybe i'm running. hungry i don't know it's dinner time <laughs>
0: uh but no i i uh i think last year was a big learning for them i think the bowl game is what i'm going to base off this season for uh okay. just because of the changes that occurred prior to The bowl game after the season and they looked fantastic of course they were playing purdue but purdue did beat the crap out of ohio state so
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know uh i think it's good tell and i i feel really confident in the fact that they all played last year and they're all coming back and i think they'll be good yeah but i understand your hesitation because we've said this in the past and it has not turned out as such
1: yeah i mean we we've seen games even middle of the season, where they'd be like smaller teams, where Auburn offensive line seemed to progress some, but then you face a bigger opponent and they're not as good as you were hoping. And, and that's what I'm—I'm I'm not saying Purdue was terrible or anything, but at the same time, I don't think they had the best offensive line that we can, you know, almost use as a measuring stick of how good this offensive line is. Yeah, and I understand you do have a year of experience you do have a year of experience and you have a an off season now with these guys all together i mean there were so many changes that went on with offensive line last year and now you know these are our five guys barring injury these are going to be our five seniors these are seniors that are going to be playing uh, no injuries no
0: injuries all Uh, season long
1: yeah but if we do have injuries (laughs) it, it does sound very hopeful that gus has uh He's been thinking ahead for that, um, and, and a couple of guys that uh, that have come up that are backing up the uh, the starting five offensive linemen. Uh, Broderius Ham, he's a right tackle, uh, seems to fit in as a really good, probably number six kind of guy that comes in um, if need be. Even if a guy gets tired, he could probably step in there. Uh, he's he's actually a- already played some right guard as well. Um, so probably be backups to Mike Horton at right guard or, uh, Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Yeah. He's, uh, so he's the sixth Hamm man. could do that.
0: Sixth man with the number one name.
1: I mean, come on. Like, I hope I, the only thing I wish about Bradarius Ham was he played on the defense. So I could say he went ham on somebody, but I guess he could still do that on offense. Just like throw down some little DB. That yeah.
0: I saw Harold doing that all year last year, <laughs> but go back to the LSU highlights.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Manhandle him. Yep. Um, and then the other guy uh, who's kind of fitting into the offensive line backup role is uh Bailey sharp. He didn't have a whole bunch of experience. You may not even know his name, uh, but Bailey sharp, uh, plays more of a tackle role, uh, and can play left tackle or right tackle. So, uh, he might be also a very good fill if anything happens or just guys need some rest. Um, and I think that's also very important, uh, to start getting these guys even some experience Uh, in the, just for thinking ahead for next season for the 2020 season, uh, we are going to need offensive linemen and uh, we need some that at least have some experience um, or else that could be a huge drop off. Um, So I I hope we can slowly rotate some guys in, get them some really good experience against some uh, top level uh, defensive lines and uh, get them uh, in there. Yeah, well, uh, when
0: we're beating Oregon by 30 points in the second half, we can take all the backups and put them in.
1: <laughs> I love your optimism, Ben. <laughs> always optimistic. Um, the the other thing that, that I have a question about, and it has to do with Gus and how he's going to run the offense, is it going to be – because he, he seems to be alluding to the fast, no hurry up, no huddle offense. And it, that makes me think back to the 2020 2013, and I'd say even like the 2014, season, even though most people don't think about the 2014 season being that great of a season. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think, do you think that, that there's going to be some relationship of how Gus run, ran the offense back in 2010, 2013, and even 2014, to what you know, we're going to see in 2019?
0: 2013 and 2014, I'm not so sure. I know 2013 was a, a magical year, but Nick Marshall's a totally different type of quarterback for this. I don't even remember 2014. Yeah. It was, what did we even do that year?
1: I mean, so it was kind of, it was a great year to start out with. And that was one of those things, Uh, like, I remembered, like, it ended very poorly. Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, look at it up. Uh, Started off the season beating the crap out of Arkansas. That's always fun. Yeah. Uh, Destroyed the first few teams. Stumbled a little bit with Kansas State. And then uh, losses to uh, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Georgia.
1: Yeah. And Wisconsin. So, like he, so uh, we had – yeah, I mean, we started out great, and we had high hopes of the season. But, like, I, I was looking at more of what kind of points did we actually put up? And we put up some really good numbers against Arkansas forty five. 45, uh, San Jose State 59. I mean, whatever about that one. Uh, then you go down to Louisiana Tech. 45, uh, LSU. And this was a fantastic game. I had almost forgotten about this one. 41-7. Uh, to 7.
0: Oh, I remember 41 that
1: game. 41-7 over LSU. Um,
0: I watched that in Virginia. My man. favorite sports bar. Oh. And I laughed. <laughs>
1: oh, man. It's, it's just good to beat them. Um, and then we lost to Mississippi State at Mississippi State. all was number two. Mississippi State was number three. And... That season, in and of itself, like I felt like I felt like our dreams almost got crushed then a little bit, and we were thinking, what are we like? It, we just had five straight wins, and we have aspirations of going back to the national championship, or the, at this point in the now playoff system. Uh, and man, like that that was almost crushed, and then we had another terrible loss against Texas A&M. But even still, we scored. I'm I'm just looking at points we scored 35 and we scored 35 and then we scored 38. Well, and, think it, back, like there were, there were so many good times where we put up so many good points, but then our defense, for whatever reason, this was the year like Bama put up like 55 on us, even though we put up 44. So like, I felt like our defense almost at some points just gave up on us that season.
0: Yeah. It, it, I think it's gonna be a combination. I think it's gonna be a combination of the offense of 2010 and the defense of 2017. Okay. And reason being is I have full faith in Kevin Steele that he knows what he's doing, and he plans accordingly. And we have so much raw talent and developed talent and experienced talent on defense. By the way that we rotate guys in, it's going to be like no drop off at all, especially with some of the guys coming back.
1: I really hope so. I mean, like, I don't know if I should hype up like everybody else is like but i seriously think this year for defense i don't i don't i don't see a big drop off of anybody even though we lost our linebackers we but besides that we just the way we run our defense we had plenty of experience uh with those linebackers um so yeah i think the offense
0: will more mirror 2010 though because like what you're saying i agree we'll put up points on on our opponents but in 2010 if you look at that start off the season 52 17 27 35 52 37 65 against that game of Arkansas man Gus always circles those Arkansas games (laughs) he does then 24 51 62 49 28 56 and then 22 against Oregon so I think the Oregon game starting the season will really set the scale for how many points we're going to score on teams and I can guarantee you it won't be 22 to 19 this time baby so yeah uh I I see the the stars aligning right now man and maybe it's maybe it's just you know the orange and blue glasses I continuously wear but <laughs> it it feels really good right now just seeing some of the game tape from some of the quarterbacks knowing the the guys that we have coming back the guys that we have coming in and really the direction that Gus has taken this team I I am excited about you know the offensive production we're going to see this year in comparison to Maybe the last year, two years ago, it'll be it'll be good.
1: Yeah, and one thing that we might have that the twenty ten season didn't even have was I feel like we we had a couple really good wide receivers, but we didn't have the whole arsenal of wide receivers like we do now. Uh, And we've got even guys that are transfer students like Zach Ferrar that huge. He's six foot four, and that's going to play really well into uh, some of the, like the longer passing game that, that I could see Gus really trying to implement. Um, not to mention guys that we haven't really even talked about, like Matthew Hill uh, since probably since the a day game. And uh, then you also have Eli Stowe, Will Hastings, Anthony Schwartz, which I mean, he's, he's a wide receiver. He can run, um, but he, he can also, he can take a, a great sweet sweep and just run it down the field for fifty plus yards and get a touchdown. Um, so that's what makes me excited about the wide receivers that I don't think we really had about back even in twenty ten.
0: True that. The amount of talent that we have on this team is uh, it's it's way under the radar right now. But I think the nation's about to see. You know, twenty seven days from now, this is what we're talking about.
1: Well, okay, let's let's go through this scenario. I, I don't I don't wanna be like a pessimistic person and I'm usually not, but what if this talent doesn't stack up to what we expected?
0: It's not even uh, gonna happen, so why talk? Okay. It?
1: No, but go ahead. Go <laughs> I, ahead. I mean I don't I don't think it will either, but I'm just running through the scenario of like the twenty fourteen season where we thought, Oh great, we've got a returning quarterback and nick marshall very talented let's do this thing and we we aren't able to even get like nine wins out of a season yeah and uh, that was just a letdown and like i don't want to especially with this tough schedule that we've got up ahead if we get even i'm I'm gonna say nine wins i i might consider that a positive season even though (laughs) gus is probably going to if we have only nine wins this season it depends on who the losses are to i think yeah yeah
0: because that will be telling but you know i think worst case scenario this season six and six some birmingham bowl or whatever okay uh
1: i don't i don't think that's i don't even consider that in the playing cards right now unless the both quarterbacks just completely flop, which i don't think they're gonna flop
0: yeah i'm saying worst case scenario like say everything falls apart yeah. Uh I think we're going 10 and 2. But okay. depending on how fast we hit the ground running, we play the hardest schedule and so we could drop a game somewhere and it it may come down to, you know, Alabama to see who goes to the SEC title game. Yep. And it that's seems a, to that's a high possibility.
1: It seems to happen probably every other year over the last decade. It it, it really does.
0: So there's um, there's a chance we could go, you know, 11 to 0 even with the schedule play Alabama. Oh, it's possible. And then one of the two still make it into the or both of them still make it in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, and something that I I am almost remembering back to is like when 2017 came. We had Jarrett Stenner, that was his first year at Auburn. We had a pretty good offense. We had on Johnson at running back and that was the year that I felt like most of the pieces on offense seemed to come together pretty well. Um we had a new offensive coordinator in Chip Lindsey. He threw a couple wrinkles into the system uh, that teams just weren't prepared for and our defense was so so good. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what I'm almost that's what I can almost see this this going. Um but you gotta get through. Like you really do have to get through this very first game. If you drop this first game, I think that changes the trajectory a little bit I agree. of of how this team can do. Well, it could potentially alter I'd say so say we, we win the Oregon game. I think our ceiling is potentially one loss. Like I think that's that's the ceiling in winning every other game. And then I think the floor of that would probably be like a nine one season. Hmm. So like you're kind of you're you're in a good spot um but if you lose to oregon i think it could be as low as like a 7-1 season um and then i mean like if we stretch and get 10 wins out of that season i i will be blown away because that means we only probably lost to one sec team this whole season um and oregon so all right so that'll, uh, that'll be crazy
0: this past week this week in fact 24 hours ago, I was doing some investigative journalism in okay. in the uh, the backyard of our first opponent of this year. I was in Portland, Oregon. Oh, nice. And uh, I talked to some ducks out there, man. Okay. And, uh, I, of course, I carry around an Auburn backpack everywhere I go because uh, I was born orange and I work at Home Depot, so it's great. That's great, yeah. But uh, one of the guys there was like, oh, do you like Auburn football? And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why would you question that? <laughs> and uh he was like you know who they play the first game of the season i was like yeah oregon he was like that's my team and i was like okay well how do you feel about it and he was like well you know we're gonna be pretty good we're coming back what about you and i was like well you know we we'll we're return our entire offensive line our depth at wide receiver is probably the most we've ever had uh two competent quarterbacks either one could probably lead the team the defense is going to be better than it probably has ever been and he yeah. was like oh shoot we're gonna lose
1: so <laughs> wow that quickly yeah <laughs> he flipped wow
0: so it's uh you know they're they're ducks up front, but they're, uh, they're turkeys when they put their heads in the ground. Just kinda, <laughs> you know, turn tail. So <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man. Well, that may be. I mean, that may actually be like a a good tell of how the Oregon fan base is thinking about this. Uh, I mean, like I really do think they've got one of the best quarterbacks coming back, and that that in and of itself scares me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they did lose a lot of their uh, top receiving talent. And uh, maybe in the offseason, they've uh, got some chemistry between those new guys. But uh, that's got to be hard um, to not have your top guys um, coming back. Um, So that that may be something to watch out for.
0: After the national title game, uh, I was on site and taking pictures of some of the Oregon stuff. And there was like one area where Nike had put up a, uh, it was like some projection thing. And it said you can't have winners without losers, or something like that. And it had the Oregon duck and the Nike side. Interesting. Slush. I took That's a big shot. I'm gonna have to dig that, that up for uh yeah. for the kickoff game.
1: Yeah, dig that one back up and uh, tweet it from your uh, Captain Plainsman account. Absolutely. Yeah, that that would be fantastic. Um, all right, let, let's move on. Uh, so that pretty much like wraps up the fall practice as far as far as we know so far. There's only been three practices, so it's not like we've been able to see anything i mean even the media viewing time was very small i think in total we're only going to have three media viewing times this whole uh this whole 14 practices that the players are going to get so it's not like we're going to get to see that much but in a way i kind of like that um not not for me but i i enjoy that because that means the media is not gonna be able to see much more of who's developing really in fall camp. Yeah. Which keeps is the suspense. Really, yeah. Uh, and that, that's going to be good, especially going into Oregon. Uh, they're, they're not going to have as much, I'm going to call it like counterintelligence on us, um, of what, uh, what our team is like. Um, even though you probably go back and look at footage, but like, what are we going to develop into this season with our new quarterback? Um, so, uh, Let's chat real quickly. I just wanted to mention these um, because there's been a lot. This is the award watch list and all of those have been coming out. So I just wanted to mention a few. Um, And uh, so the very first one, uh, the Outland Trophy. So it's for the best interior lineman, Prince Tega, and then also Derek Brown. No Mm -hmm. surprise. Both of them are on there. Um, There's one called the Nagurski Trophy, and that's for the best defensive player, both. Derek Brown again and uh Nick Co. made it on there. Uh and then we've got the Ray Gurry Trophy. Um actually the Ray Guy Trophy. <laughs> that was a that was a typo in my notes. <laughs> um <laughs> that's great. The Ray Gurry trophy. <laughs> Ray Gurry. <laughs> but that obviously has. Uh that's for the that's for Potter and uh Aaron Sippus, um, Australian Aaron Australian He's, uh, Aaron on there. Uh then we've got the Paul uh Hornog, I guess that's how you say it. I don't know. Uh trophy. Um and that's I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh but it's for the most versatile, high level performers. And uh the player that's on there is Noe Noah Ibnogany. I almost said Noah Noah-gee. <laughs> noigi. gee noigi Um and then we've got uh the uh Dodd trophy. Bobby Dodd. Uh, and that's uh for the best coach of the year uh gus is on the watch list for that um (laughs) so i think that's kind of interesting i don't know if he was on it even last year but yeah he's kind of setting himself up to be coach of the year this year hey he makes it
0: out of this season doing what i think he's going to and he should should get it for sure
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if he does um that'd be great head
0: coach and oc taking his team to the playoff
1: yeah um and then the med bednerick uh trophy so that uh is the best defensive player uh for Derek Brown again. Uh you can kind of see a theme here. And then the Lot Trophy, best defen defense impact player of the year, again, Derek Brown. And uh the <laughs> Remington trophy for the best center. Uh is Caleb Kim, which I don't I don't know why he made it. He's, he didn't I mean he was all right last season. He's gonna be great. You shut up <laughs> <laughs> I'm being the pessimist here today. Um and then the uh Doak Walker award um that's for the top running back which was cam martin and uh Uh, ben what was your statement i want to hear it one more time
0: grow your horn cam (laughs) grow (laughs) your horn be a unicorn (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: so great um and i hope he does um i I say these things not to bash on the guy and i'm sure ben you're not bashing on him either no it's i just want him to spur this guy on
0: yeah yeah right just Get, get that chip on your shoulder from two idiots who have no idea what they're talking about. And, <laughs> you know, I know you listen. So grow your horn, sir.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. I wanted to finish it out, the this podcast, in a little bit different uh, topic. Um, and Gus went up to a church up in uh, North Atlanta. Uh, me and my father-in-law went to it. And uh, it was really interesting because Gus came to talk to it was about a thousand football high school players. Um, and, and it was to talk about how to become overall a great football player, um, but also a great man. Um, and what comes with that just with Gus being a man of faith was how the faith aspect and also how working hard and competing intersect. Um, and so i thought that was really neat that he he would do something like that um especially for these up and coming high school players uh from around atlanta um so uh i thought that was a good kind of thing and it was also neat they um ended up actually showing the kick six and gus gave his uh feedback on uh what was going through his mind for the <laughs> kick six so that that was neat to hear um he had mentioned well when it happened he he knew Chris Davis was special, and that's why he put him back there. Uh, and then, as it happened, he was thinking, "Wow, this really might happen." And then he was. Then his next thought was, "Chris Davis, don't step out <laughs> out of bounds." And then his next one was, "Hope there's no flags, <laughs> there's no holding." <laughs> and then he was like, "There's no holding, no no flags anywhere. We just won this thing." <laughs> um, and, and if you've seen uh footage of gus's reaction for this whole thing like you can see like reactions of what was just happening uh, is this is really working and he kind of relived that um and that um something else that i thought was really neat and i hadn't heard this out of uh and maybe been a, you might have but i, I hadn't on uh, during the football season gus and all of the other coaches for football and their wives and their families Come together on Sunday evenings, and they eat a meal together. And I was thinking, that's really cool. That that and all the chaos of the season, they still come together, and you know, almost as as like a support group kind of. <laughs> we're here. Um, in winter loss, we're gonna be here, and uh, enjoying uh, food together. So, I don't know. I thought that was pretty neat.
0: No, that's good. That builds builds good character across all the coaches. Yeah. Give some way to connect.
1: Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I can only imagine people like Christy Malzon or any of the other coaches' wives, what they have to go through. Because, like, for guys like you and me who are married, I mean, like, our wives aren't that visible to our coworkers or even, you know, fans or whatever. And, but their work is out on the field. And, and, like, if they're not doing very well, I mean, that, that puts some pressure on not only Gus but also – the marriage and the family uh, that's just got to be tough. So I, I was thinking, man, that's a great idea. And I, I don't, I haven't heard of any other, um, at least D one college schools doing that. Maybe they do, but this was the first one I heard of.
0: It's hmm. pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Um, another interesting thing, uh, that, that I heard and I hadn't heard this, but he, he was asked, Gus was asked. It was kind of like Q and a type session. Gus was asked about the playoffs and what he thought of them? And he was like, honestly, I think this is a great playoff. Uh, I think like the way that they've set it up right now, with there being four teams, is a great way of doing it. And the playoff committee has gotten it right. Um, but then he was also saying, he, like, he must have probably been thinking over the last couple years. There's always been like that fifth team that seems to get screwed, and there there may not be that much of a difference between like the fourth and the fifth team. And uh, so his he's actually. And this is the first I heard. He wants an 18 playoff. Huh. Um, so I thought that was interesting that that I haven't heard that anywhere else. Um, Maybe it just hasn't taken off. Um, uh, what, I mean, what do you think of that?
0: I'm always for, you know, expanding the playoff or maybe even a six team first and then moving up to an eight because I think if you get to the one or two spot, there should be some type of, you know, off week or whatever where you're just sitting back watching your competition mm-hmm. compete. Uh, some type of reward for that. Yeah. However, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked to CJ about this a few times on the CJ Sweat Show, and, uh, he wants to just have the national title like uh playoff and then push all the bowl games up to the start of the next season. So I'd be all for something like that too. Like let's expand the playoff out to whatever it is within the pros okay. and then have that same type of structure. And then all of your bowl games that we would have had from the selection go to the start of the next season. And then yeah. like Labor Day weekend, it's huge. It's just oh, like yeah. the pinnacle of all, of uh, college football.
1: Yeah, that would be, I mean, that would be a huge change. It would. But I think that could potentially be a very interesting, uh, I don't know. It, it would be interesting because it also keeps the bowls, which keeps the money flowing to uh, the TV channels that show it, but also whatever brand is uh, in charge of that, that bowl. So I don't know. It, that could be another option. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it's interesting. Gus is also, he's on the boat of let's, let's see what what else we can do because he he knows there's flaws and like with any system, there's usually some sort of flaw. Um, and he's, he's wanting to see if there's eight teams, if we can get to something like that. Um, so one thing, uh, I also thought was kind of interesting and he was asked like, what excites him about this year with Auburn football? And, uh, He's he's pretty bold about this. He was he said we have the makings of a championship team, and it, like the guys themselves, they're hungry. They're ready to go and uh, pretty much prove themselves. I mean that that's one of the biggest reasons we've hit on it before. But that's why a lot of the guys on the defensive line ended up coming back, like Derek Brown um, and Nick Coe. Uh, those were guys that could have gone. They could have gone to the NFL, but they didn't. And they wanted to come back and actually show what they're really made of Uh, and i think that that can be really special um anything else you want to talk about ben before we go
0: man we're just kind of dipping our toes into football season right now and like what you said with the next week coming and we start going into live scrimmages and full pads i think we're going to have a lot more information coming out and that just gets me even more excited yeah so uh
1: that's when I, I get really excited because I'm remembering back to high school and scrimmages are so much fun. Um, but it also, like, even the players, like I, I've said, the players kind of get a sense for who, who's the cream of the crop, who's going to get the, the play time. And I, I I'm, I want to see what happens with quarterback for sure, and man, and who's going to also be the guys that are going to be backing up the offensive line is is it really Bordero's Ham? is it or is it going to be somebody else Uh, but yeah those kind of things I'm excited about yeah I'm excited to be on this journey
0: with you Uh, more and more will come out fans stay with us yeah Uh, gosh and you know recruiting too there's a a lot of recruiting that's going on right now too so uh, might have some cool stuff on that coming up
1: yeah potentially so, uh, keep your eye out on our uh, podcast streams for that um, and with that, it's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle War Eagle Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show